How's it going, everyone? Jeff Johnson from the Gazette here. Sans beard. God, this just looks weird. Uh, don't worry, I'll grow it back. Jeff Linder with me. We're here to talk uh, prep hoops on our, our weekly uh, prep hoops podcast, uh, both from the comforts of our home, me on my couch in Northeast Cedar Rapids, and Jeff from your kitchen in Northeast Cedar Rapids? Kitchen table, uh, uh, somewhere between Cedar Rapids and Palo. Did you get all that snow out of your driveway? We got one inch of snow, I think, and it may have been the heaviest inch of snow I've ever experienced. Agreed. How about you? Agreed. That's, oh, my God. That stuff was heavy. And I yes. look out the window right now and see it's snowing again. So glad glad we did all that work, right? So Yeah. Um, we're here to talk a little bit prep hoops here and, and maybe throw in a little bit of uh, Iowa women's hoops. That's Jeff's. Uh, other main beat during during the winter. Uh, hey, why don't we start? Why don't we go in reverse order here and start with the Hawkeyes real quick? Because uh, they played a game last night at Michigan State that uh, went to overtime, and Iowa had a whole crap ton of adversity. Uh, yet the Hawkeyes were somehow able uh, to find a way to to come out with a win. Uh, talk about all that, Jeff. It was yeah. It was um, uh, McKenna Warnock was injured in the third quarter in a collision. Uh, Monica Sanano, who was was eleven for eleven from the field, she fouled out late in regulation. So uh, they're playing without <clears throat> arguably two of their three best players, and uh, so they go to overtime and uh, they're down four, and then Caitlin Clark decides to take over and they, you know, they go on a run. So uh, they're up 80 to 79. Uh, Clark hits a couple free throws. They're up 82 to 79. They get a stop. So they're up three with the ball and it should be pretty much ball game over at that point. And they're lining up, uh, you know, for the inbounds pass and, well, uh, depends who you talk to. Uh, you know, it looked to me like uh, Caitlin took a shot at one of the, the Michigan State players, and uh, that's what the refs saw. Uh, they went uh, went to the monitor and were there forever. So I don't know if it was classified as a flagrant one or an intentional foul or a technical foul. But anyway, it was two shots in the ball. They make the free throws, so it's 82-81. And then they get the ball, and uh, Michigan State's called for traveling. And Iowa gets back and gets two free throws at the end and, and wins 84 to 81 in overtime. Just uh, Iowa's second win in East Lansing in the last 12 tries. Wow. Uh, why, why has it been so tough for, for them to win there, Jeff? Any idea? Well, Michigan State's usually pretty good. They're not great this year. They're two and six in the Big Ten. Uh, it's a tough place to play. Uh, Michigan State's a physical team. That's that always kind of seems to get out, give Iowa troubles. It did again last night, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a tough matchup up there. But in the end, a win and a big one for. Uh... In the end, a win. Uh, Got to see how McKenna Warnock's doing. If she's out an extended period of time, um, that's going to hurt. Uh, I doubt if Clark will see any kind of action from the big 10 uh it, it you know if it was a huge deal it probably would have been a flagrant two 
and then we'd be looking at some kind of time off maybe, but um, yeah. And they, they sure can't afford to have to be without her because they go to Ohio state on, uh, on Monday. All right. Well, um, like I said, we're going in reverse order here yeah. a little bit. So start out with the uh, with Iowa women, and and now we'll segue, I guess, back into high school. Um, yeah, you're uh, you're working on a on a story, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a a really good, really touching story. Um, you know, with what's been going on at Iowa Valley High School over Marengo, and uh, if you could kind of. Fill us in a little bit about that, the backstory, and uh, what happened Tuesday, and what's going to happen go- going forward with the Tigers. Yeah, Iowa Valley um, lost uh, a young man, a starter for them, a multi-sport athlete uh, named Dylan Penning, sophomore. Um, passed away uh, at his parents' home. It would have been uh, a week ago Monday, so the ninth. Um. And nobody's ever prepared for for something like that, obviously. And so, you know, dealing, uh, I believe they had the uh, the funeral service at the high school. Um, and the decision was was kind of made uh, that eventually they would they would kind of resume the season. Um, and they played uh, uh, the Tigers played their first game since. His passing uh, on Tuesday night against Sigourney at home. Um, down, I'm just kind of looking at the box score here. Uh, let's see, 20, 26, 18 at halftime. Uh, down 12 at the end of three quarters. We're down by as many as 16 in the second half. And uh, popped off 30 points in the fourth quarter. Outscored Sigourney by 18 and 162 to 56. Um, and obviously what was an incredibly emotional night for, for everyone, everyone, um, Evan Carney, senior guard for Iowa Valley scored 28 second half points, had 22 in the fourth quarter alone, uh, to almost single-handedly lift, uh, lift his team, uh, to the victory. Um, just, a, a like I said, very incredible, uh, Come back and and uh, unbelievably emotional night. The grandparents of of Dylan Penning were there and and watching and um, you know just uh, our hearts obviously go out to to the family, uh, Dylan's family and and everybody out there uh, as they try and uh, you know as they grieve uh, through this un- unbelievable loss and. Um, you know, the basketball team, uh, both boys and girls, girls didn't play either, uh, last week, uh, as they, uh, they kind of get back at it here and, and try and persevere through, through a very tough time. So, mm-hmm. will they make up those two games that they missed last week or? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Um, there was talking to Iowa Valley coach, Randy Carney, um, the boys, he, uh, uh, I believe they were supposed to play Colfax Mingo last Tuesday, and that one is uh, was the one that was postponed uh, because, uh, well, uh, and they'll make that up. And then there was another game with BGM on Friday that actually uh, already was not going to happen because of some scheduling conflict with BGM, he said. So, um and I think they might play tonight, as a matter of fact, on the, on the makeup. 
Uh, okay. I have to check that. I know you're way, way up on top of that, but uh, yeah, they will be made up as far as I, as far as I know. So yeah, I know, I know the girls were supposed to play Montezuma last Monday and okay. I think that's been reset for the 28th. I haven't seen anything on BGM yet. So, and the girls didn't play Colfax Mingo because Colfax Mingo doesn't have a girls team this year. So, Oh, is that right? I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Is that the only school in the area that, that doesn't have a team, Jeff, on the girls' side? I think so. Uh, Cedar Valley Christian uh, is, is not playing a varsity schedule. But uh, other than that, yeah, Colfax Mingo, uh, not a terribly small school, no. uh, decided around uh, late October that they were going to shut it oh. down as far as the varsity is concerned this year. Wow. Um, you have a, a story – as as we uh, kind of move on here um, to the girls' side for for a little bit on uh, a very very nice gesture by some officials, yeah. um, specifically uh, Willie Guy, Travis Fuller, and Mike Bonwell. They're very well known officiating crew, and people around the area uh, know those three guys from uh, from coaching. <laughs> At least Willie and, and Travis as well. Uh, they were out doing the Solon Mount Vernon girl boy doubleheader the other night and uh, uh, put forth a really, uh, a really nice gesture. Can they tell everybody about that? Yeah. Um, I did a story on summer brand uh, last summer. Um, uh, Mount Vernon, she was an assistant softball coach this last year. Daughter of uh, Steve Brand is the uh, principal at Mount Vernon high school. Her mom, Robin Brand is the softball coach assistant coach in, in several sports and, uh, and a teacher there. And Summer was diagnosed with, uh, I believe it was Hodgkin's lymphoma in, uh, oh, middle of last year sometime. She went, underwent treatment and uh, was doing really well. Uh, she's had a reoccurrence with it, and uh, she's going to be uh, up at Mayo in, uh, in Rochester. Uh, there's going to be some chemo involved, some stem cell treatment involved so uh so what the officials did they uh, donated their checks i think for three officials doing two varsity games i think it was right around four hundred dollars and uh basically donated their checks to the brand family so really nice gesture i don't know if any other officials have done anything similar to that but i, I just thought it was really cool uh not doing a big story it, it's a it's a, a secondary note in my girls basketball notes for that have uh, been released online Good on you, fellas. That's outstanding. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, no question about that. And I, I, obviously, our our best to summer is um, she goes through another battle here. Um, you know, uh, moving forward. So, um, on a cheerier note, you've got some milestones on the girls' yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, um, Jenna Tweet uh, from Benton Community became the uh, Bobcats all time leading scorer in a career uh, upward of 1500 points. I think 1554 or something like that. She passed uh, Madison Weekly, who was uh, a really, really good player about 10 years ago. She went on to play at UNI and had a really nice career up there. Uh, so she's uh, she's her all time lady scorer. Uh, Jasmine Barney from uh, from Iowa City Liberty. She spent her first two years at Cedar Falls. Uh, she she hit a thousand, and uh, those are the two major ones there. And I think you had one on the boys' side as well. Yeah, Brayson Lobby from from Marion, uh, senior guard, set the uh, the school's all time 
career scoring record uh in a win against independence on tuesday night and obviously uh you know you know all about his sisters who were terrific high uh, high school players at marion and uh, went on and played in college so uh brayson broke a record from uh 1952 hugh leffingwell um and i don't know if people know his story but Hugh was uh, and Hugh uh, accomplished his record in pretty much just two seasons. Um, he, he played a little bit at the end of his sophomore year at, at Marion um, and then, you know, accomplished or put all of his points up, um, you know, in, in two years, junior and senior. And he was a was a great basketball player, obviously, and, and went on to uh, to the University of Iowa where um what do they call it the five the five pack. Uh, remember uh, the six pack in the fifties, right? Yeah, With, uh, Sharp Sherman and uh, and that group, those guys. Uh, he very well could have made it in the seven pack. Um, was an outstanding player on the freshman team at Iowa. That was before freshmen could could play on the varsity, and then. Uh, you know, tragically came down with the case of leukemia. And back then in the 50s, leukemia was uh, untreatable. And uh, he passed away the next year when he was a, a sophomore at Iowa. So uh, so Brayson uh, kind of knew that story. I talked to him a little bit um, yesterday about, about setting the record. Long-standing record, man. And, and that kid, uh, he's uh, – He's really done a, a great job for your varsity player and, and going to play for a really good D2 school, uh, uh, Augustana, South Dakota, next year. So congrats to Brayson uh, on that. Uh, what else has gone on on the girls' side in the last week since we since we gathered together here, Jeff? Oh, boy. Well, you. Ha I'll tell you what. Let's go back to you. Uh, you had another yeah. uh, edition of uh, boys' rankings, and uh, Kennedy's now number one. Uh, is this the second week they've been number one, or is this the, the is this the first week? Yeah, this was the first week. Um, Waukee Northwest was number one and lost uh, last week to West Des Moines Valley, I believe it was, uh, which kind of opened the door for Kennedy to be number one. And Kennedy played very well in its first game as the number one team Tuesday night uh, up in Dubuque, beat uh, eighth ranked Dubuque senior by by twenty two points, sixty six to forty four. So. Uh, you know, been saying it for a while, man. This team is legit. Uh, it's to me, it's a legit state title contender. Not saying the Cougars win it, but uh, they have just about everything that you could possibly want. You know, great guard court. And here's the here's the scary thing. We, uh, Colby Dolphin, who was averaging about 17 points a game for Kennedy, leading scorer, had two points Tuesday night against senior. Uh, didn't make a shot from the field. Uh, and Kennedy won by 22 points. Uh, Michael Schlake, uh, six 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 seven. Junior had a uh, career high 26 points, I think, for Kennedy. Um, you know, they they helped off uh, him uh, to try and stop Dolphin and and the other outstanding All State guard, Kenzie Reed, and uh, he lit him up. Bunch of 15 foot jumpers. Four three pointers had taken a three pointer all year. Made all four of his three pointers, um, you know, in that game. So, you know, Kennedy's Is that legit. your first time in Nora Gym. I had been there for probably five six years. Man, what that place! place. 
What it got character, Lindy. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. A lot of character. And you walk in and the the school trophy case there, you got the Heisman trophy from uh what Jay Burwanger, right? Was uh, mm -hmm. uh the Heisman trophy winner from from Dubuque, uh Dubuque Senior. So I love that place. And they've uh they're kind of sprucing things up. There's some um you know construction and, and things are improving. But uh, yeah, what a great place! One of my favorite gyms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I covered MVC volleyball tournament there a few years ago, and it was, it right? was really neat. So, yep. Um, we had just uh, not monopolizing the boys' talk here. We had another event at Cole Saturday. Seven teams in the Wells Fargo Advisors Shootout. Um, so that was. A neat event, very well run. Everything was on time, if not even a little ahead of schedule. Um, so kudos to Tyler, Tyler Cleveland, and everybody that that helps put that together together every year. So it's nice to see some teams you don't ordinarily see. Ames came over uh, and played Pleasant Valley, uh, you know, which is, so it was nice to see uh, those two teams from a big school perspective. Dunkerton was another team. Uh, top 10 team in 1A that, that came over and played and uh, was able to watch Albernet play. Uh, Albernet's up to sixth this week in, in the 2A poll. Um, really good team. Really took apart Cascade uh, at the shootout there. And tomorrow night we got a boy-girl doubleheader. Uh, I'll be heading up to to uh, suburban Troy Mills for a North Lynn and, and Albernet girl-boy doubleheader in the boys game. Uh, North Lynn is second ranked in, in 1A and already mentioned Albernette. And I don't think North Lynn has lost a home game on the boys' side since 2014, if I remember. Uh, and they're, so that they played a two-point game um, first time around at Albernette. So I would expect uh, a similar close mm -hmm. game uh tomorrow night girls any will that be a competitive girls game at all well um the first time they played at albernet was a 19 point game which at the time was i think might have been i think it was uh north Lynn's closest uh conference game uh springville played them to 15 the other night but uh i'll tell you north Lynn's girls are really good uh uh just they, they shoot it really good i hope you get a chance to see you know some of that girls game um cameron kurt i was up there for the uh for the game against regina last tuesday and cameron kurt was seven to seven from three point and uh just they just lit it up against a really good regina team so um you know they're uh, everybody talks about garrigan and and uh newell fonda in 1a girls so, I'm not so sure Northland doesn't make that uh, three really good teams. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll see where that goes with them. I think they're uh, uh, definitely a, a title contender in one A. And uh, if it doesn't happen this year, it sure might next year. Where Where are you going to be at tomorrow night? I've got a doubleheader. I've got West at uh, Linmar. Okay. Okay. Should be uh, a good no, girls game, teams, right? They're both, uh, yeah, both ranked. Uh, both have oh, three to four losses. Linmar might have five now, uh, but two very competitive team, teams. Linmar's got some really good wins. Uh, they got beat by Liberty on, on Tuesday, so uh, I think uh, I think that'll be a good girls' game. What uh, what would you expect out of the boys' contest up there? Yeah, um, Linmar's won a couple in a row and a really high scoring game against Liberty the other night 89 81. 
Um, you know, it'll be interesting. West, uh, you know, has, has kind of slumped a little bit without um, Kareem Earl, uh, who's been out with a back injury. Uh, Kareem is the son of former NBA player AC Earl, uh, former Hawkeye as well. Uh, so they're they've tried to negotiate their way without one of their top guys. So um, should be interesting. Uh, hopefully you'll get uh, a seat close to the to the west bench, Jeff. Probably will. There you go. Um, you can give me a, a Coach Bergman update. He's okay, always, he's always I, great to listen to on the sideline. Uh-huh. Yep, he, he sure is. Uh, you're talking about AC Earl real, really quick. Did you uh, get a chance to watch the Chris Street documentary last night? I did not. Um, I was going to tape it and totally forgot. Did you see yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's on again sometime today, maybe twice today, okay. too. It, it was really well done. I caught the last oh, 20 minutes of it before, um, uh, or excuse me, after the uh, guy done writing the uh, Iowa women's story, but uh, it was really good and hope to see it in its entirety here at some point here in the next couple of days. Where, where were you when, when you got the news in 93? Working, working, believe it or not, uh, on the desk that night. And uh, what I remember, um, we just got a call and I can't even remember what time it was. Um, early evening, sometime in the early evening, mm-hmm. mid evening, um, that there had been an accident involving a uh, that might be involving a, a couple of Iowa basketball players. That was just the preliminary report. And obviously it was just Chris. And, uh, you know, then there was a confirmed fatality and uh, it was learned that it was Chris Street. And uh, I just remember uh, Mike Loss uh, and, Jim Ecker uh, was the beat guy back then. Uh, mm-hmm. They ran right down to to work, and uh, I think one of them one of them uh, worked the phones to try and find out more details. And I think Mike went down to Carver Hawkeye Arena that night to try and you know uh, get some sort of team reaction, which obviously uh, nobody wanted to talk at that point. So mm-hmm. uh, it was. Yeah, I'll always remember that. I guess okay. I always remember the the whole the funeral, um, you know, and and obviously then the first game against Michigan State after they they came back. So, what do you remember about that, Jeff? Uh, I was in Fairfield at the time. Um, I was the sports editor down there, and I got a call from a coworker, and she was just beside herself. She could hardly talk. She was sobbing and. And just really, really upset about it. So, you know, you flipped on the TV and I don't know how soon it was that, uh, you know, that the local stations went into it. Um, But obviously it was a a big thing on the 10 o'clock news that night. Yeah, just um, just a tragedy. Uh, Yeah. No other way to no other way to put it. And I actually was a beat guy for. For Iowa, uh, I want to say it was the ten-year anniversary, okay, uh, of his death. And I remember writing a story and talking to um, Tom Davis. Um, Paul Lusk was was one of Chris's best friends, um, and, and Kenyon Murray, obviously, who uh, ultimately decided to name his firstborn son after Chris, Chris Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, just something that Iowa sports fans will never forget in, in a bad way. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. And, I'm looking forward to to look to uh, seeing the the documentary. Yeah, it, it was it was really really well done. So still still a lot of uh, raw emotions thirty years later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of thought he was whatever the ultimate quote unquote Hawkeye. You know, he loved the school when he was young and grew up and lived his dream. I guess playing playing for Iowa. So yeah. Did you know where he went to school before he went to Indianola? I want to say Mormon Trail. Got it. Yeah. How about that? Is that close yeah. to Indianola? Not really. No. Uh, I'd say it's south of Osceola. Okay. Kind of in the middle between Osceola and Leon and Lamoni down in there. Okay. So, so pretty darn close to Missouri, basically. Not too far. Not wow. far. Wow. So, yeah. And, um. You have uh, a big event of your your own. Are you going to head out? Are you going to be able to head out at all to Saturday to the the River Valley Conference is doing their girls shootout? Yeah, right? um, ordinarily I probably would. We're gonna we're gonna take a trip to Madison to see Reese on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Nice. So, so we're uh, looking forward to going up there. Uh, haven't been up to see him for uh, for a few months, so that'll be good. Very nice, but they're where are they playing the yeah. Uh, that's at Cornell. It starts at nine thirty. Uh, I think it's Wilton and Makoka to start it, and then um, uh, the games kind of gradually get better as the day goes on. the The big ones are the end, and the uh, I think eight or eight thirty game or something like that is uh, Cascade and Regina, and both those teams are undefeated in their respective uh, divisions. Okay, is that how they kind of put it together? Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. It's. Uh, you know, I guess you could say it's almost kind of a de facto River Valley Conference championship. The two teams don't play in the regular season other than this. Really? Uh, this year. Yeah. So. Interesting. And you've got girls' rank. Will girls' rankings be out today? Should be time? out later today. Yeah. Um, don't expect a whole lot of change. Uh, um no, I, I think uh, I think most of the the top teams since last week have won, so I I don't see a whole lot of shuffling. I think the girls pairings are going to come out a week from today or tomorrow. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just kind of looking at that myself. Um, the with with the rankings committee thingies, they that's allowing the boys to kind of push back um, their brackets. So I'm. I think the big schools come out like February, week of February 11th, somewhere in there. And then the, okay. the, the small schools will be the week before. So, um, yeah, always interesting. It's, it's kind of like uh, the new phone books are here. The new phone books are here thing, you know, yeah. right. You kind of look forward to, and you're, you do, you do such a great job of, of doping that out. I mean, have you started your own, your mock brackets and where you think everything I, might end up? I did one over Christmas break. I might try to try to throw one together today or tomorrow before uh, after the after uh, today's rankings come out. I've got some free time and I might uh, monkey with that a little bit. I don't have the uh, the map of Iowa and, and all the thumbtacks, so I just have paper and pen. You remember that old scoreboard at uh, at state tournament back in Vetsmall yep. where they? Yep. That was so cool. Yeah, uh, and they've kind of got a. Uh, 
digitized version of that that they put on the scoreboard at uh, at the girls state tournament i don't know if the boys right. do that where they have the little lights blinking i think uh i think the original went to the hall of pride okay okay yeah that was always i thought that was always really cool uh yeah if you don't know what we're talking about folks there was a uh i guess you'd call it a scoreboard right it was yeah. basically just a map yeah. of the state of iowa and uh, the lights of all the part where the participants in the state tournament were, were, you know, whatever class it was, they would have a light where that school was geographically located. And then the teams that were playing, right, would be blinking, blinking yep. lights. And then uh, as the tournament would go on, would they eliminate? I, yep. I can't remember if they, they'd eliminate the schools that were out. Yeah. And they'd just have the. Yeah, by, by championship night, there are just two two lights left. There you go. There you go. So ah, the memories. They, they would need to they would need to uh correct that now for the girls tournament most years and have about six lights in Polk County. <laughs> yeah, it might end up that way in the boys' side too. Who knows this year? Yeah. <laughs> so have you been into the old to the old lady, uh, to the old auditorium? Any no, I, I don't. I, I think maybe I was in there once. I don't know why. Uh, oh, I was in there for a uh, for a Barnstormers game, I think. Okay. But that that might have been pre-2005. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, no, I'll just say no. I haven't been in there in a long time. Okay. I I go to like a, a lot of Iowa Wild hockey games over there. Mm -hmm. It's literally right across the street, the, the new arena from, from the old one. I always – I always kind of just want to see if I can sneak in there. Just uh, yeah. memories, right? The, the the sounds, the smells. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the ruptured duck. <laughs> the That's right. The ruptured oh, duck. Um, you know, I, I remember it a lot from from uh, Drake games when I was a student there. Um, you know, five or six thousand people inside an arena that filled that could hold fifteen thousand. But uh, yeah, a lot of neat memories. Uh, went to a lot of tournaments there. Went to some girls tournaments, some boys tournaments. I covered. Let's see. I think the first year I covered a state tournament might have been '94 when I was still at Burlington. Okay. Uh, I know I spent two weeks in a row covering the Winfield girls and boys to state championships in '95, and then uh, took over the girls' beat here in '98, in and haven't missed one since. Very uncomfortable place from a media standpoint. <laughs> not, not that anybody cares. Crawling into that uh, media oh. role was, uh, I don't know if I could do it now. Yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, exactly. But it was an overhang, right? Yeah. From the top, uh, from the top section of, of bleachers. Um, that was always, yeah, you literally had to climb in there and mm -hmm. usually climb through a row of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fans, and they'd always give you the cross-eyed look. And, yep. And they and there'd be there'd be phones to send your story with. Oh yeah. So exactly. we didn't uh we weren't able to do it the way we do it now. You had to use your old TRS AD uh <laughs> Radio Shack oh, thing with horrible. Yeah. And uh uh KMA, oh, let's see, KMA radio always. KMA was way at the top. Way at the top. They had their own yeah. booth that they did every game on the radio. Yeah. And, you, you know, the difference then was there was so much more media covering it then. 
so many more radio stations, so very, very many more newspapers. Um, you know, now there's there's just not many media people at the state tournament. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's still a highlight of my year. Yeah. I'm sure you feel exactly the same way. Yeah. So, and it's going to be here before we know it, which is, you know, shoot, we're getting towards uh, towards the end of January already. Yeah. Got, got the reservations ready for the comfort in across the street there. Yeah, so, boy. so we'll be ready to go. Boy. Anything next week, like on Tuesday before we tape that, that you're looking forward to, Jeff, at all? Or? Oh, I haven't really looked at my, what I'm I covering Tuesday yet. Um, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look at that. <laughs> so, I've got it here, but it's uh, it hasn't been viewed much yet. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. We're literally dated. We go day by day, yeah. folks. That's how we roll. So, <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to hit before we sign off? No, I think I'm good. Anything else on the boys' side? Um, can't think of anything. All right. Still important. Right. So. Well, we've been going for 45 minutes. We'll uh, we'll let everybody we'll mercifully end this for, for our listeners then. Sounds great. Folks, thanks for joining us uh, on our prep, uh, prep basketball podcast. Um, appreciate it. For Jeff, this is Jeff. Uh, get out and see a couple games. There's a lot of good basketball around here uh, on both the girls' and boys' side. So we'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us, and take care, everyone. All right. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.